If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 73 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, November 22nd, 2020. Now let's get started by giving our shout out to Grunt Talks MLB and also Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And know what you don't know. And of course, our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also follow the main mastermind behind the website, Darren, on Twitter at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social media at Grunt Talks MLB. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball9 for helping to spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also, guys, do not forget that you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees every week and stay updated on everything having to do with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias, too. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. And obviously, don't forget to always listen to and subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms that it's available on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Well, here we are. Yet another Sunday, episode 73. Thanksgiving is just around the corner on Thursday. And I'll be honest with you, as far as the Yanks are concerned, Next to nothing happened this past week, so I'll just give it to you straight. This episode may be on the shorter side, (laughs) but, but, don't you dare stop listening because just like I said last week, when has that ever meant that Yapping Yankees won't be a good time? That's right, never. As always, I got a good one ahead for you today. But before we get into today's episode, in light of Thanksgiving in just a few days, I do want to get corny just for a second. So just let me just be corny for just a little bit. And honestly, I think in a year as awful as 2020 has been, I think we could use a little bit of corny in our lives. So I think it's important for me to just say this really quick. So before Thanksgiving comes around, and I do definitely want to get this out on the show because the next time I talk to you, Thanksgiving will have already passed. When I talk to you again next Sunday on the 29th. But with Thanksgiving around the corner, especially in a year, as I just said, that has been as unrepentantly awful as 2020's been, I do think that it's still very important to just reach down deep inside of us and just remember what we're thankful for. And I do want to take this time to reflect on what I'm thankful for. And I can think of a few things right off the bat for me personally. And I think all of us can really reach down deep and find at least one thing to be thankful for in this life. At least that's what I've experienced. There are obviously a lot of people much less fortunate in this life. And obviously I hope their lives turn around as soon as possible. But for me personally, as I've experienced, I think that for each and every person, there's at least one thing to reach deep down inside of us for to find something that we're thankful for. And for me, I know that I'm thankful for my family, my loved ones, my close friends, and obviously little things on the side that I'm always interested in. Like, you know, Star Wars, (laughs) Marvel, Rocky, even the Karate Kid saga with Cobra Kai going on right now. Season 3 is less than a month and a half away and I'm amped for that. And all the silly side stuff like that that I'm thankful for. But in all seriousness, my close family and friends and my loved ones. And of course, I'm thankful to each and every one of you in the Yapping Yankees fan base. And there are plenty of you. And I just want to take this opportunity quickly to just thank each and every one of you. I know I do this every single week ad nauseum. I know that. But that's because I really do think that it's very important to just remind you how much you guys mean to me. Yes, I do this because I aspire to be a broadcaster someday. This meaning the podcast, obviously. And yes, I do this also because I just love talking about the Yankees. But you know what? It makes it that much more enjoyable and that much more special when you have such a loyal and supportive fan base that I do. 
And yeah, I might not be in the hundreds of thousands or the millions as far as numbers go like other certain people do, but you know what? We all have to start somewhere, don't we? I started this podcast a year and a half ago after I graduated college. I've had a blast doing it ever since, and we get new fans each and every week that enjoy yapping Yankees and help promote it all the time, help me get the word out about it. It encourages me to do even better each and every week, and it always helps to know that there are people out there who truly love what you do, truly love and soak in your product every week that you put out new content, and I couldn't ask for better listeners, and of course, I hope we continue to grow every week as we've continued to do. I've even seen that the YouTube channel has been growing a lot lately, and the YouTube channel is extremely important to me. I love being on YouTube. It's well over 100 subscribers now. The last Yapping Yankees got almost 250 views, I think. And that's really good stuff. We're growing little by little. We are growing here on Yapping Yankees, and I love it. It's just me doing this thing, guys. I put the show together. I record, edit, produce it, release it, promote it, all by myself. Everything that goes on here on the recording, behind the scenes, afterwards, and even beforehand with preparation, organization, it's all me. And I was very fortunate to be able to learn all of these skills in my four years in college. And I took that knowledge with me to here on Yapping Yankees, and I intend to continue to do so in all of my future endeavors, particularly as a big-time sports broadcaster sometime later in my life, whether it be next year, in the next five years, next ten years, or even beyond that. And all throughout so far, and I hope it continues to do so as we go forward, it has been awesome to see you guys continue to enjoy the content week after week after week. And as I say every week, there are no words in the English language to properly convey to you how thankful and appreciative I am to all of you who enjoy Yapping Yankees every week, help promote it and spread the word about it, and just show your undying support for it. It is awesome, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you as well. So, family, loved ones, friends, and whether you're an OG Yapping Yankees listener from the beginning, or you're just hopping onto the Yapping Yankees train, I truly am so thankful for you. So thank you very, very much for the constant support. And as this dumpster fire of a year comes to an end, and 2021 is just around the corner, I hope we can continue to just keep on growing this podcast as time goes along, and have it grow even more next year in 2021. And as I also said before, I really am just trying to remain positive and find things to be thankful for because in years like this, and we've rarely ever gotten years as bad as this, this is probably the worst year in generations. So it's extremely hard to be positive at all and really think of many things to be thankful for, especially because of the restrictions for Thanksgiving this year, which obviously we all have our personal feelings about. But regardless, the point is, this year there are so few positives that some people don't even really want to take any time to dig deep down to find any positives or anything to be thankful for, and I can't blame them. This has been an awful, awful year. I mean, I've been coming to you every single week throughout this whole thing since it started. I've been doing this podcast again since May or June of 2019, and we're still going strong here every single week with the exception of missing maybe two weeks throughout since I started a year and a half ago. And we've spoken about what the world has been going through, what sports have been going through, and just everything, just every facet of life throughout every step of this horrible, relentless year. I mean, even I have been going through a ton of personal stuff that I haven't revealed here on the podcast. You know, some things are meant to be kept private unless the person wants to make them public. But even I've been going through a ton. We all have been. And at the end of it, with Thanksgiving just around the corner, again, I feel like it's important to at least try. Try to reach down and find things to be thankful for. Even just something. One thing is good enough. Even if it's just to maybe help you lift your spirits a little bit. So that's what I'm thankful for right off the bat. Regardless of how terrible life is right now, I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful for my family and my loved ones, my close friends. You're lucky to have one true friend in this world, guys. And if you have one true friend, one really purely loyal, good, true, honest friend, that is plenty. And obviously, as I said many times, I'm so, so thankful for each and every one of you, whether you just joined me or whether you've been listening to Yapping Yankees from the beginning a year and a half ago. And I'm also thankful for all the fans who are yet to come. So, Regardless of what's been going on this year, I hope that all of us get to enjoy Thanksgiving this Thursday at least a little bit, whether you canceled your family plans or not. Just dig deep, guys, and try to find at least one thing to be thankful for. It could give you more of a positive outlook and can truly be uplifting. So that is my little Thanksgiving spiel for this year, and I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) 
But honestly, I really meant every single word that I said. I really, really did. But what do you say we get to talking some Yanks for today? That's what we're here for, right? And as I said before, this may not be the longest episode necessarily, but we still have some things to talk about, and I obviously have a fun episode ahead for you. We got a fun open response question for our social media segment today. No poll, but obviously we know for the social media, some weeks we do not do a poll. Most of the time we do, but sometimes we don't. And this week is one of those times, and we'll get into that open response question. I'll give you my take on it, and then we'll hear what you guys have to say on Twitter and Instagram. And then in Yankees news today, there are only a couple things to discuss, really quick things. There was some news about Aroldis Chapman's suspension. Of course, I'm referring to the suspension that came to him from throwing at Michael Brasso's head in the 2020 season with that 101 mile per hour fastball. He was handed a suspension for it by the league. He appealed it. He was given three games. And the number of games changed. So I'll mention that in Yankees news. When I saw it, I was just like, all right, well, okay then. But we'll talk about how much the suspension changed in Yankees news. And then we'll also get into some key information that came about this past week regarding the DJ negotiations. Because, of course, he and the Yankees are still negotiating for him to hopefully resign with the team. And there was some information that came out regarding what's going on in the negotiations. From what DJ wants to what the Yankees are trying to push for. And we'll briefly mention that in Yankees news as well. And that's about it for today. Because, as I said, as far as things actually happening... Not much really happened. This open response social media segment coming up is really going to take up a chunk of the episode, but it's a really good discussion regarding the Yankees, so I can't wait to have it. And then Yankees News will quickly mention those two things. Pretty quiet week in this 2020 offseason, and listen, we're destined to have some quiet weeks in the offseason, that's unavoidable, but hey. Us content creators, we always come up with things to talk about. So let's get into our social media segment, and then we'll talk about those couple of things in Yankees news. This week's open response question is, outside of re-signing DJ, which area of the team do you think is most important for the Yankees to address going forward? And we're starting on Twitter first, as always. And of course, I also said to give your thoughts down below in the comments of the tweet for a chance at a shout out on the show today. And as I do each week, I got a ton of replies, so I will do my best to get through as many as I can. But first up, my opinion on this question. Now, you've heard me say this basically every single week since the offseason began. And whether I agree with it or not, or sympathize with the Yankees at all, hint, hint, I really don't, and neither does anybody else. But whether we agree with it or not, the Yankees made an announcement that in light of the financial aftermath of the pandemic on the sport from this past season, that the organization is looking to cut payroll underneath $210 million for next season, 2021. And that announcement gave me the sinking feeling that this would be a mainly quiet offseason. I do think that the Yankees will make moves. I've made that opinion clear. I do think that they will do something at least, but I do think that it's mostly going to be a quiet offseason for them, even though they could definitely afford to make improvements on certain areas of the team, and they definitely can. And outside of signing DJ LeMahieu, which we have all established, even the Yankees themselves, or so they say, is the top priority, re-signing him is absolutely, undisputably the top priority. And I I will not hear any argument on that. So since we all know that, this question is for a discussion outside of re-signing DJ. And outside of re-signing him, the Yankees, as I said, could definitely use some improvement in certain areas of the team. And this question is asking which area of the team do you think the Yankees should address most going forward this offseason? Not what you think they'll do or if you think they'll do it, but what you think they should address most going forward. Which area of the team? Certain characteristics of the offense, maybe even the defense on the field starting pitching, bullpen, maybe even the coaching staff or management. Any area you can think of in the organization that you feel should definitely be addressed the most. And at this point, in my opinion, the answer is the starting pitching. Now, if you look ahead to what the Yankees starting rotation will look like next year as of now, and as of now in this offseason, Tanaka and James Paxton, as we know, are in free agency. They are on the market, and there's no guarantee that either of them will return. Now, for the record, I do see it possible that Tanaka returns, but I really don't think we'll see James Paxton in the Yankee uniform again. But let's just say for the sake of this scenario that neither of them return, neither Paxton nor Tanaka. The Yankees let them both walk and they sign elsewhere. Other than Garrett Cole, which guy in the rotation can you really rely on next year? 
They even put up a graphic of the Yankees' projected 2021 rotation up on the Yes Network. I believe it was during an edition of Yankees Hot Stove, I think. They put up a graphic on the screen of the Yankees' projected 2021 rotation, and it was Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Jordan Montgomery, Davey Garcia, and Clark Schmidt. Now, if Tanaka and Paxton are to walk, and that was the projected rotation because, of course, it's not guaranteed that either Tanaka or Paxton will return. So if neither of them return, you have a rotation of Garrett Cole, who is almost always reliable. Of course, he's going to have his not-so-great days. He's a human being. But obviously, Garrett Cole is the main guy that you can rely on, the main guy that you can count on to put in in a big game on short rest or not in the postseason, as he proved in this past postseason, where he did great. But after him... You have Luis Severino, who for the most part, as we established a few weeks ago when his timeline was announced or his predicted timeline for next year, he's mainly not going to be returning until the second half. That is, of course, if next season is a normal season, back to normal in 2021. Normal 162 games ranging from the first week of April or the end of March. The 2021 season starts in the first week of April, but you get what I'm saying. From the beginning of April until the end of September, a regular, standard 162 game season. And if it is like that, you're not getting Luis Severino until around the second half of the season, and especially in his case, because of the fact that he got Tommy John surgery, basically the biggest surgery for a pitcher, there are no guarantees that he's going to be a killer pitcher. And it's been a long time since he's been on a major league mound facing live hitters. So you're not getting him back until basically the second half, and there are no guarantees with him considering he's just coming off of Tommy John surgery. Then you have Jordan Montgomery, who I will admit came through big in Game 4, and he had his good outings in 2020, and even before Tommy John surgery, he had some great outings. But this past season, attributed to the odd season or not, like you could with all players, theoretically. But regardless, he was very inconsistent, and when he got hit, he got hit, like rocked. So can you always rely on Montgomery, even though, of course, he has his good starts every now and again? That has you feeling a little unsure. Then you have Davey Garcia, who I will gladly admit, and I really, really talked him up a lot this year, too, because he really pleasantly surprised me and everybody else in the Yankee community. Other than that start at Fenway, he had a fantastic season in his first Major League season at age 21 in a never-before-seen, hectic, unique pandemic season. He was great, and you cannot say enough about the kid. But, naturally, not only because he's young at the age of 21, some teams got to look at him already, and because of a potential sophomore slump, as they put it, can he repeat that dominance in 2021? And last but not least, having Clark Schmidt, we know he has good stuff, but outside of his summer camp performances in July before the 2020 season got underway officially, he got hit pretty hard, and understandably so. He kind of just got thrust into things at the end, he wasn't exactly brought in in the best of circumstances that night in Baltimore in his Major League debut out of the pen, and even the Yankees themselves, as of late, have expressed that he may not be ready to go fully yet for the Major Leagues, that he could maybe still use some more developing. So again, I make my point. Outside of Garrett Cole, who can you really, really feel good about relying on in the rotation next year? Not really anybody. So going into next year, again, starting pitching is a big concern in my opinion, and it is definitely the area of the team that I feel the Yankees should address the most going forward in the offseason. Again, outside of DJ LeMahieu, of course. Now, I've said on prior episodes that if the Yankees are to sign a Trevor Bauer, perhaps, I would very much be for it. Trevor Bauer's incredible. He's just coming off of winning the NL Cy Young. And yeah, off the field, he's a bit of an acquired taste, if I had to say so. He's a very opinionated guy about many things, especially aspects of Major League Baseball and the game itself. Very against the way Rob Manfred has been doing things for some time now, which I highly agree with Trevor Bauer on, because I myself have lost count of how many times I've relentlessly gone after Rob Manfred. Manfred, but Bauer is a very opinionated individual, and honestly, you would either end up loving him or hating him, if you don't already do one or the other. But regardless of his off-the-field opinions, when it comes to talent strictly, I would love him on the Yankees, because he is a phenomenal pitcher. The other thing the Yankee fans were worried about is some past beef that he may or may not have had with Garrett Cole, but Trevor Bauer's taken to social media a lot lately, and has said that he doesn't have any beef with Garrett Cole. He said that multiple times, both on social media and to the media. So that's good. So again, even though he is a bit crazy even on the field with the gestures he does and everything and the fact that he's a very opinionated guy off the field, which, hey, I'm not holding against him. I happen to agree with many of the things he says, especially when it comes to Rob Manfred. And like the rest of us, he's entitled to his opinion. 
Talent-wise, though, he would really solidify the top of the Yankees rotation, and I really think he would do great things here. He's also just so great at marketing himself and getting everybody to talk about him. He's been teasing basically every fan base on social media about which team he's going to go to and getting all the fan bases riled up about it. (laughs) He's a wild guy. He really is. So... Getting someone like him could definitely end up helping the starting rotation big time. And then maybe if the Yankees were to re-sign Tanaka? At a reasonable price, of course, because if he asks for the moon and the sun, I don't know, I might let him walk. But if it's within the Yankees' control to get him back, I would definitely re-sign him. And if you got him and Bauer and Garrett Cole being the top three of that Yankee rotation before Seve comes back, of course, then you could add Seve to the top of that rotation and make it even more dominant. Granted, of course, he does come back pitching like the Seve we know in the second half. In which case, the rotation would probably be Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Severino, and then Tanaka, and then maybe number five, you put Davey Garcia. That's a pretty damn good-looking rotation. But again, as we've mentioned so many times, since the Yankees are cutting payroll and seemingly crying poverty in many areas and doing all they can to save their money, I do not think that Trevor Bauer will come to the Yankees. But I'm just saying which area I do think should be addressed the most and how I think it could possibly be addressed. So that, as I do every week usually, is my long explanation on my take for this week's social media segment. And I am just realizing now that we are 20 minutes into the episode already. Damn. Let's get right into those Twitter replies. Up first today is at J underscore Torres Messias E, and he says, There's no doubt that, besides DJ LeMahieu, the priority should be to address the pitching woes. Two more really strong starters and an elite arm to the pen. They should also look for a left-handed hitter with power. Well, yeah, I agree about the starters. I'm not sure they'll do so much to get two more strong starters, let alone one. But I do agree about the need for starters. And also out in the pen, yeah, another big arm out in the pen would be good. I think it's fair to say that the Yankees definitely felt the sting of Tommy Canley's loss this past season. A huge arm out in the bullpen. And at times, I think they definitely felt his absence. So getting another arm out there too might be helpful. And yeah, another left-handed hitter. Obviously, a lot of people always mention the need for the Yankees to get another left-hand hitter. Some people have brought up Michael Brantley. Left-handed, plays the outfield, really puts the bat on the ball. But yeah, that's a lot of areas that need addressing. But unfortunately, again, since the Yankees are announcing their cut in payroll, I'm not sure they're going to do that much. But I definitely see why you said all those areas. They could certainly use improvement in all those, at least a little bit, I feel. Up next is at SirGerm88, and he says, Pitching. All right, yeah, I agree. At CP to IA says, adding some starting pitching, bulking up the bullpen, and improving the infield defense. Yeah, you know, I definitely see the first two points. And yes, improving the infield defense, I assume a lot of others feel that way too because... The infield defense this past season was pretty rough, particularly from Glaber Torres, who I did express confidence in his improving. I do very well think that he could improve at that position with hard work. It wouldn't be the first time that a young Yankee looked absolutely horrendous at their position, but with hard work and dedication, improved. <coughs> Clint Frazier. <coughs> wow, got something in my throat there. <coughs> I'm so lame. <laughs> but you get the point. I do feel that Glaber, with hard work, could improve at shortstop, but I know some people also want the Yankees to possibly look elsewhere for some infield defense help. My good friend at Laura underscore Iceman says, Pitching! We need to sign a number two starter and then one to two relief pitchers. All right, as you heard in my long explanation, I'm inclined to agree with the starting pitching. And of course, as I said with the loss of Tommy Canely and how the Yankees really felt that loss this past season, I think it's safe to say, yeah, I could definitely see the want for another bullpen arm or two, especially since the Yankees are probably going to be trading Adam Adovino this offseason. We know that at the end of 2019 and into the playoffs, he really had a rough going at things. And for the most part in 2020, that continued. So after having felt the loss of Canely when he had to go down to Tommy John surgery and Adam Adovino not being himself and probably being traded this offseason. Yeah, I definitely see the need for one to two relief pitchers. And actually, I also believe it's Adam Adovino's birthday today. So happy birthday to Adam Adovino. All right, so up next is at Baseball Card KI1, and they say, I will always want more starting pitching. But wouldn't a rotation of Cole, Severino, Herman, Paxton, and Tanaka be pretty good with Montgomery and Garcia available as well? I'm also in the very small camp that would like to see Luizica get a chance at a start. Well, first off with Luizica, with the way that he did in certain moments of the postseason and just how I've observed that he's done in certain scenarios, actually most of the time for that matter, I'm not sure he's earned a start in the rotation, let alone even being put in 
a game out of the bullpen in a bigger situation. Loisic has got some work ahead of him to do. I mean, he's been used in the opener role occasionally, and I guess they could use him in that role for whenever they really need to, but I'm not trusting Loisico with too much these days. As for the rotation you mentioned, yeah, that would be pretty good, except for after Cole, again, with Severino, as I said, he's not coming back until basically the second half, and who knows what he's going to be like after that. Herman is way too big of a question mark for obvious reasons that I don't even need to explain, both in his personal life and he hasn't been on a major league mound in a long time. James Paxton, although we've definitely seen him when he's on the money and when he's on the money, it is really hard to even put the bat on the ball at all against him, but his health is a concern. And what about the velocity drop? Would that go away next year? Would he get his velocity back? And Tanaka would be fine, as he usually is. He would have his really good starts and his not-so-good starts. He's a big-time workhorse, though, and a very respected veteran. Especially in times of injury, he's usually one of the few that's still always there. Whatever the Yankees ask of him, he always goes out there and gives it his all and does his best. Very hard on himself, very, very critical of all of his performances. And as I said, he's a workhorse. But yeah, while that would be good if it worked out, there are a great deal of question marks with a lot of those names there. And even Montgomery with the inconsistency, and Garcia, although he was fantastic in 2020, could he repeat that? Lots of questions. Okay, up next is Rebecca at Peace Now for Life, and Rebecca says, easy answer this week, pitching. We need another shutdown starter to match Cole, a solid number two, Bauer perhaps, and another dominating bullpen guy. Those, along with DJ, would complete this team. Well, you know I agree about the solid second starter, and I would even be on board if it was Trevor Bauer, as I said before. And yeah, the dominating bullpen guy too. We've heard a few people say that now, and I agree. And the Yankees already have the dominating back end as of now. The back three, excluding Adam Adovino, of course, Chad Green, Zach Britton, and Aroldis Chapman. And for a lot of teams, one of those relievers is an absolute blessing. Just one of them. But you know what? If the Yankees can add one more, especially with how much they felt the loss of a Tommy Canely out in the bullpen this past season, someone of Tommy Canely's ability, yeah, I'm not going to act like I'm opposed to getting another dominant bullpen arm. So yeah, agreed. Next is Christian, at Christian underscore N-Y-Y-S-T, and Christian says why their owner thinks it's okay to talk about getting under the luxury tax a season after signing Garrett Cole. I'm very level-headed and never bought into this quote-unquote Yankees are cheap narrative, but you absolutely cannot cry poor and pull the plug on this thing after a shortened COVID season. The window is closing on this group. So yeah, I guess you're saying the front office, and you know what? I'm inclined to agree with you. We all know that the Yankees are probably financially well-off. The New York Yankees have plenty of money, even if they did lose money like the rest of the owners probably did this past season. You have to imagine the Yankees still have plenty of money. And especially after signing some someone like Garrett Cole to the contract they did last offseason, yeah, I completely agree. I do feel that if there's any time to go all in, it's now. And by the way, I too, like you, never really bought into the Yankees or cheap narrative. They have had their big contract signings in the past, plenty of them. As you so highlighted, even Garrett Cole last offseason. But yeah, you know what? Time continues to tick on, and this group year by year is getting older, and as time goes along, some players may naturally depart from the team as well through free agency or trade or what have you, and the more that time continues to tick on, yeah, the window closes little by little, and I definitely agree that now is not the time to be crying poverty. It definitely is not. But as I've stressed, it really does seem like the Yankees are going to do all they can to save their money this offseason, and that's why realistically, unfortunately, I do say that this offseason is probably going to mostly be a quiet one, and it's already been that way. Granted, it's very early still. It's only November 22nd. There's still so much offseason left to go, but I still see it being mostly quiet for that reason of them wanting to get under that luxury tax. But yes, Christian, I completely agree with what you said. Up next is at Laker477, and he says the most important area that must be addressed by the front office is pitching, both the starting rotation as well as the bullpen. The Yankees must add a frontline starter and one or two quality relievers. Well, as I said with prior replies that echoed similar thoughts, I am inclined to agree with both of those. At Julian Guillarte 1 is up next, and Julian says, Pitching for sure. Need one or two starting pitchers and one or two relief pitchers. I'm a big Bauer guy, but I know the Yankees won't get him. Again, echoing many of the prior thoughts with starting pitching and even the bullpen, and even echoing my thoughts about Trevor Bauer. I would definitely like him on this team too. I think he would be a good fit, and I definitely think he would do a great job in solidifying that top one-two punch at the top of the rotation alongside Garrett Cole. But because of the Yankees' announcement about their payroll and how strictly they seem to want to save money this offseason, I too, as I said before, believe that they will not be getting him. 
But with the bullpen too, yeah, a lot of people have also said that, and I'm also inclined to agree. Another arm or two in Tommy Canely's absence, and especially if Adovino is to be traded too, would be very nice out there. At Savage Empire Pod says, starting pitching, get Bauer, stop being cheap, cheap closes this window, spend when you need to. Very interesting, more thoughts on the window closing. But yes, I agree with your comment. You know that I too said starting pitching. I also mentioned the possibility of getting Bauer, even though I don't think that they realistically will, and that I do think that this is truly the time to go all in. At Kylie6464 says, I feel like there's more work to be done on the inside. We have great players, but maybe the coaching is the real problem. Hmm, maybe they are. That's an interesting one. At MountainGal456 says, I'd say pitching. It's been inconsistent. I agree, Tina. There have been a lot of times where the pitching's been inconsistent. And with all the question marks, particularly in the starting rotation going into next year, yeah, agreed. At the goat underscore 12 says starting pitching is the only answer. I don't know about the only answer, but <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree that starting pitching is the biggest one. I do agree with that. At blue Russian 35 says starting pitching followed by another reliever. Okay, so another one that says a starting pitching and possibly even another relief pitcher. That reply seems to be dominating the comments. At Black Rebirth 52 says, definitely need pitching. I think that's important. And also a shortstop because our defense was not good. So we definitely need to improve those two aspects of the team. All right, so another mention of the infield defense. And it'll be interesting to see considering the Yankees seem pretty determined to having Glaber play at shortstop. It'll be interesting to see if Glaber can improve there and be the Yankees shortstop that they need. And I think he can with hard work and dedication. We'll see. Glaber's never been a top tier defender per se, but I happen to think he's extremely talented all around. He's a young kid and I think he could pull it off. And as far as the pitching goes, you know, I agree with that. At Yanks Bar says two starters and a reliever, though I don't know where all that money's coming from. Well, the Yankees have the money. I'm pretty sure we all know that. But as far as how truly dedicated they are to saving money and staying under that $210 million threshold, that's another story. So if they really try to be strict with that, then yeah, that money may not be spent. The Yankees do have the money. It's just a matter of whether they're willing to spend it or not. And it's a very real possibility because of how strict they sound about staying under that luxury tax that they don't spend it. At N Costanzo 24 says, need a solid number two or three starter and probably two relievers, especially with Canely gone. You know I agree with the starting pitching, and yeah, I even understand the bullpen sentiment as I've said many times already, because with Canely, he's probably going to miss all of next season. If he does pitch at all, it'll be at the very, very end, if anything. But he'll probably be gone again, and you saw how much the Yankees missed him out in the bullpen this past season, as I said. Ottavino probably won't be back. I'm guessing he probably won't be. But yeah, again, for those reasons, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to adding more bullpen help. At its underscore bleach bit says, starting pitching. Outside of Cole, I have little faith. Herman and Severino could be huge coming back, but missing so much time could really hurt them. Yeah, let alone with Herman, also how big of a question mark he is because of what happened in his personal life. And if people come down hard on him for that, is he going to be able to pitch to the best of his ability? Will it get to him? Basically, the mental aspect of it. That paired with how long he's been out, yeah, you're absolutely right. And the same goes with Severino. After being out for so long, having basically the biggest surgery a starting pitcher could get in Tommy John, there are no guarantees. As I said earlier, there are a lot of question marks, and that's why I too think the starting pitching is definitely the biggest aspect of the team that the Yankees should address going forward. At Devin Flodman says signing Guardy. All right, that's the first signing Guardy comment we've gotten. All right. I'm not sure that that's at the top of anybody's list, but yeah, listen, some people want Guardy back. We spoke weeks ago about the role that I would like to see Guardy back in. I don't think he should be out there in left field every day anymore, like the everyday outfielder, but I think he's good to have there for whenever you need him, maybe to sub in or if injuries strike again, definitely for his veteran presence and leadership. And for that reason, they should definitely sign him back for significantly less than his prior contract was for. But yeah, with a lesser role for less money, and I think Gardner would be willing to do that because of how loyal he is to the Yankees, how much he loves being a Yankee. Yeah, I think it could work well, and I'd like to see Gardy back in that sense. But everyday starting duties should definitely be handed over to someone like Clint Frazier at this point. But that's very interesting to get a signing Gardy comment. I didn't think I would get something like that. But let's continue on here. Up next, we have at underscore John B underscore, and he says, starting pitching and bullpen, no other answer. Pitching wins championships, and since 2009, we haven't had great starting pitching or bullpen. We need length in our starters and stop this five to six inning stuff. Well, I definitely think since 2009, we've had a great bullpen at times, most of the years actually, so I don't agree with that. But a lot of the time, yeah, starting pitching has definitely been flawed most of the years since then. That I do agree with. The 
Yankees have invested in getting that super pen a lot of the time, and they've had dominant arms out there for years. So the bullpen's okay, but as other people, including myself, have said, with Tommy Canely likely being gone in 2021 and Adam Adovino leaving, I definitely think that adding some more bullpen help wouldn't hurt. And yeah, I agree with the starting pitching, of course, as I've said, but saying that the Yankees haven't had a great bullpen since 2009, I don't agree with that. But yeah, starters could always afford to go longer in certain games, no doubt about that. That's just a part of how baseball's changed, whether you agree with it or not. But there are definitely a lot of times where I'd like to see starters go deeper into games myself. I've said that a lot myself here on the podcast and on social media. But again, yes, with the starting pitching in particularly, I definitely agree with that. At K Snacks says, we all need an intervention. Being the greatest of all time is more like a mindset for these guys. We can't be the greatest if we aren't doing anything, though. We need that champion mentality all around. Hell yeah. I love this reply with the mentality. You remember, weeks ago, I did a whole episode about the Yankees' mentality and how they need to change it. Go listen back to that one if you haven't already. It was a few weeks ago, and I think the actual title of the episode was called Change the Mentality. And I think it was all in caps lock, too, if that wasn't enough of an indicator of what the episode was about. But yeah, I agree. I've certainly spoken about the Yankees' mentality as well. I agree. At DJ Minyard INC underscore says, Pitching, though I'm not sure I'm the first, nor will be the last, to say this. No, no, you're not. All right, up next is at Ziggy89X, and she says bullpen. All right, so you want to address the bullpen. Maybe add another solid arm out there or two like some others have mentioned. At as if Yankee says pitching. All right, pitching, pitching, pitching. At Matt Riley 01 says need another starter and getting some contact and speed bats. If World Series champs show us, it's that home runs, contact, and speed are keys to each team winning. That's true. You need a little bit of all of those. You got to balance it. What do I always say? Balance. Got to balance all aspects of the game. If your lineup has balance, if your rotation has balance, incorporate all of those aspects as well as you can. It's going to be a recipe for success. I agree. Easier said than done, though. And of course, in the Yankees case, you got to be willing to open the wallet and spend the money. At YankeesGuy93 says, starting pitching without question. Every season, we have a few guys that get banged up throughout the season. We need a couple of more quality arms. Yeah, between that and as I said before, the projected 2021 rotation as of now, there are a lot of question marks. Yeah, another quality arm or two could definitely help things. And please, let's just keep our fingers crossed that for next year, if it's a normal season again, or just any season at all, let's all of us just get into like this big prayer circle and let's just get some like wild voodoo magic to just wish the injury bug away. Because that's basically the only hope at this point, or so it seems, that the injuries will not strike again next year and in future seasons. Oh, God, I've just so had enough with the injuries. I have so had enough. Even the slightest mention of the injuries just puts me in a bad mood. Let's just do a couple of more and then we'll move on to Instagram replies. But up next, we have at Long Island underscore Tony here on Twitter. And Tony says, I'm in the minority here, but bullpen. Canely going down was a huge loss last year. I don't think you're in the minority. I think that's plenty fair, first of all. And second of all, you've heard plenty of replies that have also said bullpen. So no, I don't think you're in the minority here, Tony. I know a lot of people have also said starting pitching. I think more people have said starting pitching, but there have been plenty, plenty of replies that have also said bullpen. At NY Sports Fan 2015 says Bauer might be good, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. As I said, I'd like him on this team, but because of the Yankees' strictness with the payroll, I'm not expecting to see Bauer in pinstripes. At ILA Bach RN says, you can never have too much pitching. I'd love to see Tanaka back and maybe sign someone like Bauer. Hell yeah, I'd be on board for that. Are the Yankees on board for it with the payroll though? <laughs> That's another question. At G underscore Carollo says, I think they strongly consider trading Sanchez and flipping the prospects they get for him to get a controllable pitcher. Well, as I've said, I don't think we're going to see Gary go much of anywhere as of yet. I know that trade offers for him are probably being at least listened to, but I don't think we're going to see Gary Sanchez actually go anywhere. I personally don't think he'll get traded this offseason. I could be wrong, but I don't think he will be. And even if he is, how good of a return are you really going to get? Because right now, although other teams may still realize Gary's potential, after how he did this past season in 2020, and how he's done basically two of the last three years, but mostly this past season, how big of a return would you get for him considering his value, I would think, has to be at an all-time low right now? So for that return, if you were to get those prospects... How good would those prospects be, and would they even be enough to flip for a controllable pitcher? So that's what you got to think about there. 
And although his value is at an all-time low, I'm pretty sure the Yankees would probably want more than just prospects at this time for Gary, but that's just what I think. For these reasons and all the others that I've mentioned throughout the last few weeks, I just don't see Gary going anywhere anyway. All right, let's finish off with at Yankees Lauren, and she says pitching, re-sign Tanaka, and then go for another solid starter. All right, so a very similar reply to the one a couple of responses ago. I believe the comment a couple of replies ago said to re-sign Tanaka and then go after Bauer. So you two seem like you're on the same page, and as I said to a couple of replies ago, I would not be opposed to that at all. But nonetheless, we spent a lot of time here on the Twitter replies today, guys, and I had a blast doing it. I think this was an awesome subject to tackle today, and I loved hearing your guys' thoughts on it. So thank you guys, as always, so, so much for all of your replies here on Twitter. And of course, if I didn't get to you, I'm very sorry. Just keep on commenting on future social media segments. I will get to you. I promise. I will. (laughs) So before we end today's social media segment, let's get on to Instagram and see what a few Instagrammers had to say for the very same question. Again, the question... Question was, outside of re-signing DJ, which area of the team do you think is most important for the Yankees to address going forward? So let's hear a few replies here on Instagram, and then we'll get through those couple of things in Yankees news regarding Chapman's suspension and the little news that came out about the DJ negotiations. First up here on Instagram is at Sayesh2914, and he says starting pitching. All right, so the starting pitching desire continues here on Instagram. Let's keep going. Up next is Sheba Husky Lover, and they say rotation. They have poured too much into their bullpen in recent years in an effort to build a super pen like the 2015 Royals. Time to build a super rotation, but unlikely to happen since they're cutting payroll. Well, as I said to that other reply on Twitter that said that they haven't really had a good bullpen since 2009, which I know is not what you're saying, but with what he said, I disagreed as you heard earlier. But I'll say a similar thing to that. I do definitely think the Yankees have had a super pen since 2009, and it's been really, really effective most of the years. It really has been, but other aspects of the team a lot of the time have led to their failures. And in many of those situations, I don't think the bullpen is to blame for that. But yes, another person saying that the starting rotation is paramount, and yes, Having a super rotation, that'd be awesome. But just like I've unfortunately had to say, and you reiterated too, and I'm glad you did, because the Yankees are cutting payroll, that probably won't happen. But we'll see what happens. There are a lot of factors that have to go down this offseason. What they choose to do with Tanaka, even Paxton, even what happens with DJ, and even if he does resign, how much they resign him to, and then how much they're willing to spend elsewhere because of that. There's just a lot of factors here, as we know. It's all part of the free agency process, the negotiating process, self-evaluation, and the offseason at large is just one big machine with a lot of moving parts to it. But again, another reply for the starting rotation, and I completely agree. Up next is my amazing girlfriend, Vic Salimo, and Vic says, starting pitching, hands down. Another advocate for starting pitching. I love it. Totally agree. And last but not least, as always, love to save it for last, as we know, my amazing mother, Julia Gina Scudero, and my mom says, no kidding aside, management. They tend to be the biggest obstacle to the team winning a World Series. We practically get into the playoffs every year only to witness ridiculous management decisions such as removing pitchers who are killing it for the dopiest of reasons. We've had amazing talent on this team and too often management decisions have screwed it up. I think the team could use a little tweaking, but I feel management decisions are what often cripples their chances. Well, yeah, there are certainly times where management comes in, whether it be from up top from Brian Cashman or even from a little bit of every. Everybody, like the analytics team, Brian Cashman, maybe even a little Aaron Boone thrown in there. But I definitely think a lot of the decisions, especially if you want to mention one in particular, like the Davy Garcia and Hap situation, that I feel is a sort of decision that's made throughout the entire front office and the organization, like a little bit of Boone, mostly Cashman and maybe even the analytical team. Like that comes mostly from up top, I think. That's the organization as a whole. And I think that most decisions are like that. Maybe except for like a couple of in-game decisions here and there. Maybe Aaron Boone has most of the same. Maybe. And you have to imagine that he even consults the coaches standing next to him for a particular decision he wants to make. Maybe he consults the hitting coach, Marcus Timms, for a pinch hitting situation. Or maybe he consults the pitching coach, Matt Blake, for bringing in certain guys in certain spots in the game. But there's no doubt that primarily, the decisions are coming from up top. We've spoken all about this. There's no need to go in-depth on this all over again. But regardless of where it's coming from, from, I do see where you're coming from, Mom. You do think that in key situations, especially in the playoffs,
playoffs that the decision-making really does hurt them at times. And in the past, sure, that has happened. Even outside of the Yankees, some people will even say the same about the Rays in this past World Series against the Dodgers with removing Blake Snell early. So yeah, I don't blame you for going down the management route, and from watching many games with you, of course, I do know that whenever a bad decision's made, you are definitely very vocal about it. But you're not the first one to mention some sort of position within the organization or some general idea within the organization. Throughout these replies, we heard about the mentality, someone said coaching, the owners with the luxury tax. So yeah, some people have said within the organization or up top. So you're not alone as far as tackling problems that aren't on the field. So definitely an interesting reply. As were all of your replies, both on Twitter and Instagram, all awesome to hear from as always every single week. And as I do every single week, I want to thank each and every single one of you for taking the time to join in on the fun with this week's Yapping Yankee social media segment. As I also say every week, just be sure to keep on replying each week if I didn't get to you. I promise I will do my best to get to your reply in the future. But otherwise, you know how I feel about the social media segment, guys, whether it be a poll or an open response like this one. I just love hearing from you guys. It's a big part of the show, especially a big part of this episode today. As I said, a huge chunk of it would be this segment. And I'm glad it was because I think there was a lot of good discussion here. A lot to take away from it. And I love, love, love hearing your guys' thoughts. So thank you all very, very much for all the interaction as always. But without further ado, let's briefly discuss the two things from Yankees news this past week, and then we'll wrap up episode 73. As I said earlier, there was news about the Aroldis Chapman suspension. Of course, we all remember this past season when Aroldis Chapman, whether it be on purpose or not, threw a 101 mile per hour pitch at Brasso's head, Mike Brasso of the Tampa Bay Rays. And as a result, there were plenty of suspensions handed out. Kevin Cash, Aaron Boone, Aroldis Chapman, on and on. And it was an ugly situation that led to tensions being high between the two teams for basically the rest of the year. And as we remember, Aroldis Chapman continually said that he did not do it on purpose. He decided to appeal the suspension when it was given to him, and it was three games, and now it was announced that on Thursday, Chapman's three-game suspension for throwing the ball at Brusso's head was reduced from three games to two. So I guess they found those witnesses that they couldn't find for his appeal hearing. And as I said earlier in the show, when the notification popped up on my phone, I was like, oh, okay then. (laughs) I mean, that whole situation was crazy to begin with. It was so hectic and got so many people talking. And regardless of whether Chapman did that on purpose or by accident, and I've said this many, many times, 101 miles per hour to the head, that's scary. It really is. I can't imagine seeing that come at you. We've seen Chapman be wild before, but we also know that he has a fiery personality. He really gets dialed in when he's on the mound. He throws really, really hard and gives it his all. And he sweats without even throwing a pitch sometimes. (laughs) So, that's the news on Chapman, and basically, again, when I saw it, I was like, okay. So, his suspension as of now for 2021, it'll now be two games instead of three. So, he'll be suspended for two games come 2021. And the other little piece of news was just something that was reported on social media a few days ago, and it was the fact that the Yankees have made it very clear that bringing back DJ LeMayhew is their top priority, as all of us anticipated it was. And it was confirmed that negotiations are continuing to go on, and that DJ himself, of course, throughout the last few weeks, has said how good of a fit he believes the Yankees to be. He loves it here, and he wants to come back. At this point, it's just a matter of what the Yankees choose to do, how many years they give him, how much money they give him. We've said all of this on the show already in past weeks. This is nothing that I haven't said or predicted, and this is nothing that we haven't heard already. We did, however, get a couple more details as far as where each side stands, though. It seems like DJ's side is pushing for five years, and the Yankees would really rather three. So, as I mentioned last week and the weeks before, guys, this is the negotiations process. It's often complex. Some last longer than others, and some go on really long. But that's basically where each side stands right now. Maybe DJ takes the three, maybe they settle on four, or maybe the Yankees give him that fifth year. But I think DJ's side will end up remaining strong for at least four years. I don't think they'll settle for three. And I do think that as far as money's concerned, I think DJ will take a little less money than maybe some teams are offering him in order to stay here. He really loves it on the Yankees. He said as much. I'm not saying he would take a monster discount, but I think he would take a little bit less just to stay here. So if it just ends up coming down to like one year and the Yankees are willing to go one more to that fourth year, that'd be great if DJ and his side agree to that. But... If DJ's side is really adamant with the five years, honestly, the Yankees have to give it to him. Even if the back end of the contract doesn't work out the last year or two, you bite the bullet there because right now, as of now going into 2021, without any doubt, no debate, 
the right move is to sign DJ LeMayhew back. Resign the man. And as far as earning an extra year than what the Yankees may be willing to do, if they settle at four and DJ really wants five, then I'm sorry. With everything that DJ has done for this team, he has earned getting that fifth year. In this case, you give it to him. He is too important to let go. We've established this for weeks now that we've been talking about DJ. It goes without saying that he is one of the most important components of this entire team. So, I hate to say it, Yankees, but if the only difference between what you each want and the only thing separating DJ from coming back here is one year, or if it's maybe within like $5 million or so, it's time to bite the bullet, give the man what he deserves, and ensure his return to the Bronx. Do not cry poverty, and do not let one year be the only difference maker and the only thing separating DJ from returning to the Bronx, because a lot of Yankee fans, especially if DJ goes to another team, if he walks and goes to another team and continues the success that he's had, or maybe even more so somehow, there are going to be a lot of Yankee fans, including myself, who do not forgive you for it. Bring this man back. I'm being patient because I know how the negotiations process works. I know how complicated and complex it could be. And of course, I'm sure there are things going on behind the scenes that we know not of at this time. But I'm just saying, if those end up being the difference makers, the Yankees have got to suck it up and bring this man back to the Bronx. We all know this. None of us feel sympathy for the Yankees. None of us feel like they're hard up for money because guess what? They are the New York freaking Yankees. So that as of now is the deal as to where DJ's side stands more or less and more or less where the Yankees stand in these negotiations. The Yankees have said it's their top priority to bring him back. DJ has continued to repeat how much he wants to be back here. Let's get this done. Don't let him slip away, Yanks. Don't let him slip away. And for the record, if you guys remember, and I've said this many times throughout the last few weeks, I have voiced a lot of confidence in DJ returning here. I do think he'll be back, but nothing is certain in free agency until that contract is inked. And the Yankees had better not drop the ball on this one. But... As for now, guys, that is all for episode 73 of Yapping Yankees today. And what do you know? This episode actually ended up being a pretty decent length. So, let's give one last shout out to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9, and know what you don't know. And obviously, our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind that website, Darren on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social media at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball9 for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And do not forget, guys, to be sure to follow me on all social media so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. And I would also really, really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel. As I mentioned earlier in the show, that channel continues to grow and grow. Just keep on helping it and be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify as well. And while you're at it, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 73 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Yapping Yankees is available on all four of those platforms, so do help spread the word, guys, and tell everyone you know to listen to Yapping Yankees. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero and I will talk to you next Sunday, November 29th when I come at you with episode 74 of Yapping Yankees. Until then guys, you know the deal. Hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and yes, although it's obviously not the same this year as I said earlier in the show, try to have a happy Thanksgiving. And despite this year being as terrible as it has been, try to remember the things we're truly thankful for. Oh, and Yankees, re-sign DJ. (laughs) Have a good one, guys. Take care. (laughs) 